Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesu sleeps, yet to awake, deathless and reassure us. And therefore is it that grave where he is laid, this legend hath that still his kingdom keeps. Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, a creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Merlin, where wizards fall in love with wizards and just randos fall in love with small young ch- children for some reason. I, okay, I was going to say, I don't know if there's any love in this episode. Not but really. I guess you, could, you could, you know, you could take not, it there. Not, not really. <laughs> uh, there's just some, there's just some bonds. There's some spirit bonding in this some episode. Bonding. There's definitely bonding. Yes. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Chris, how are you today? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing good. I, uh, feeling good, feeling great. I like this episode a whole lot. Uh, it's a good episode. It introduces us to a, a major character in the Arthur universe that I have some uh, trivia for, if you'd like to fun can, can, are you gonna hit me with the trivia now i'd love to hear it yeah so uh we're gonna be introduced to the character mordred uh which mm-hmm. is a big character in arthurian lore as as you probably already know um famously could be arthur's son could just be like a treasonous guy um but i want you to go look in the let me just skim real quick yeah go look in the uh spoiler chat for still his game keeps um and when I looked up Mordred on the Wikipedia, I saw that he had multiple wives throughout all of the retellings. I want to see what you could do with those. Can you can you tell us the uh, the name of Mordred's wives in the uh, Arthurian uh, lore? Can you? Um, so, <laughs> there's three. There's three. So just want to see if you can. That was gotta be Welsh, right? Welsh. I mean, yeah, that's gotta. Uh, I... So I think one of them says Guinevere. I think that's pretty. That's the, pretty. Yeah. Good. A straight, are are a the other putt. words written there supposed to be other spellings of Guinevere? <laughs> because we got G. This is listen, G W E N Gwen. We got that, mm-hmm. but that's just we're only getting started. G W E N H W Y F A C H. Yeah. What a, yeah. Ugh, that's how I read that. What a, 
and I'm not I'm not tackling the other one. You're not Quillog you're not, is what it looks like it says. It's it's hard, dude. And uh that last one, which is spelled C W Y L L O G, uh was a saint, apparently. Wow. Anyway, this guy gets around. This guy really, really gets around. Uh thank you, everybody. We've uh I have turned on our review catcher application, so now we are we are just just drowning in ratings and reviews from that you have left us. And we just want to say thank you so much. We very, very yeah. much appreciate it. Keep doing it. If you do it, the robots will think that like not just you guys, but everybody will like us, and then they'll just promote us to other people. And that would make this podcast be bigger, and that's awesome. So do that. We leave more reviews. Uh, go to patreon.com slash monster of the week if you want to support us directly and get episodes early. Uh, otherwise, we're here to talk about Merlin, but I don't know mm. what's been going on, Chris. We're, we're, seven, oh, we're eight you, episodes I, in. I happen to have uh, uh, some insight into okay. what happened last time. All right. Merlin. Um, so, last time on Merlin, a pair of vengeful she, fairy-like creatures from the undying realm of Avalon, set their sights on Arthur in an attempt to ensnare and sacrifice the prince for their own ends. And while Merlin and Gaius work to save the young Pendragon, Morgana finds herself troubled by dreams of Arthur's death. And helpless to do anything about her fears, uh, helpless to, to do anything about them for fears of Uther's wrath. Uh, that was a run-on sentence. It's not important. Although Arthur is saved, Morgana's strange dreams are far from finished. I love it. We are covering today. Does you get a little tangled in there? Uh, Merlin, season one, episode eight, the beginning of the end. This was written by Howard Overman and directed by Jeremy Webb, and was broadcast on November eighth, two thousand and eight. The adventure romp continues with Arthur finding an unlikely wow. ally in Morgana when he decides to help a magical young fugitive. That almost definitely doesn't happen until way at the end. Yeah, wait, what? Did you say Arthur? <laughs> with Arthur finding an unlikely ally in right, Morgana. Skip it. skip it. This is false. Skip it. The pair are desperate to smuggle the boy back to his own kind, but this task takes a dangerous turn when what? Uther declares that anyone hiding the child will be executed. With their lives on the line, can they sneak the boy out of the castle without being caught? What? <laughs> uh, I thought the ones for Supernatural were bad. Jeez. Yeah, these are this is this is pretty bad. Um, so yeah, we start off uh, with some really cool, like I don't know, dude. Like this feel. I don't. I'm probably gonna get this wrong, and I mean, I hope hopefully I'm not stepping in into any kind of cultural appropriation. But like, if you put druids on the screen, I feel like this is like druid music, like those deep, like oh. You mean the druidic ch- chanting? Yeah, that druid- sounds like druid. Yes, yeah, it definitely me. sounds like druid music, right? Like, yeah. Um, but we get that as this, uh, you know, dude is walking through a market with his young child, this young boy. Get, it, this druid, you look, you don't look at that guy and go, "Oh, that's a dude." You go, oh, "That's a that's a that's a fucking druid." That's a druid. Yeah, I played that dude in Diablo. <laughs> Diablo, yeah, too. Like, the guy's like the whole. Yeah. He's wearing the whole getup. Yeah, he's got the whole druid fit on, right? Like yeah. he's just yeah. like that's part tree. Like this is definitely <laughs> this is a druid situation for sure. I'm part tree. My mother was a wolf. What else do you want me to say? What everywhere I go, what every, do you want from me? Everywhere I go, druid chanting plays. Like I don't know what else yeah. you like. I feel like I wear this pretty clearly on my chest, you know. Um, but this uh, this, this pair of druids, we have a I don't know if it's a father son situation, but it's a man and a boy. Uh, and they are kind of going through the market, keeping those hoods up, definitely drawing more attention to themselves. Um, and they speak to a shopkeeper who says, hey, I got you the supplies that you asked for. He hands over the supplies, but then he goes, sorry. And just then we realize the guards are after this pair. The shopkeeper seemingly sold them out. We don't know that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we can we can assume that. Uh, and then a chase sequence uh, ensues with the 
the hooded pair running through the streets trying to escape. Um, at a certain point, I think the boy is injured. Maybe he takes a takes a crossbow bolt to the leg or no, something no, like no, that. No, 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 Chris. It's a a guy, a man. A, oh a, a God, guard yeah, way worse. Flies like it's like he jumped off of an eighteen foot building onto this this boy and like slashes his arm. Um, but the the shot the the like shot of this this man in full fucking like armor falling through the sky was hilarious to me. I loved it. Yeah. And when and when the the young boy is attacked by this man falling from the sky, we see Merlin elsewhere. He's back in the castle somewhere. He kind of like spins around as if he felt that wound somehow. Yeah. Um. And as this as as this pair gets surrounded by guards, uh, the man uses magic to like fling this knight away. Um. And then he pushes the child like. What it looked like to me, it, like there's this giant gate, and I was kind of confused because like he was pushing the child back into what looked to me like the castle area, right? Like the the, mm-hmm, the town mm-hmm. gates where, to me, like I would think that you would want to just run away, like try to get out of the castle because that's what they were doing. Yeah, I guess he's just Doesn't trying to matter. separate the boy, trying from to separate the, the boy from himself. Yeah, um, but he uses magic to shut the gate, uh, and then of course the guards roll up and he is captured. We go uh, right into our intro. And then uh, over to Merlin, uh, which I helpfully wrote as Morgan in my notes. Merlin, Merlin is minding his business like nobody's business. Cleaning stalls, snooping around, flirting with the ladies, flirting with the fellas, just having a good old day, man. Just living a Merlin life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. then doing what Merlins do, doing what Merlins do. Uh, and then he is interrupted by, by a child's voice in his head. I um Chris, I have a like a severe aversion to babies crying or like children crying. Like it just it just it's like fucking. So you don't you don't have like a big parental instinct? No, 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 not at all. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, like I have dogs. I guess that counts. But like, I don't. If it, it, they just sleep. So all if day. a child was telepathically calling for help, you might be like, "Hey, turn it down." Arthur, do you want to go on a hunt to like I don't know. Prussia, <laughs> like that's a place, yeah, let right? Get, let me get out of range. Yeah, yeah. Can, can um, we go somewhere where it snows? <laughs> like I don't know where that is. Like I'm, I'm just a Merlin. Like we don't know a whole lot, but like, can we just fucking leave this place? I need to get this child out of my head. Um, but Merlin, so he hears this this calling for help, and he tries to like communicate back. Merlin knows magic when it enters his brain. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's trying to communicate back to this kid, being like, "Why are the guards after you? Like, what is going on? What what's what's your deal?" And he doesn't really get an answer. No. Um, but he but when he sees the sees kid, the child, he's yeah. like, "Okay, I guess I have to help him." It's a small, scared child. And we should note that, like this kid, um, who is played by, um, oh, Chris, are you ready for this? You ready mm. for the? You ready for the first Merlin scandal? Uh, this this child is played by a very young Aza Butterfield. Aza, okay. Aza, Aza Butterfield. Oh, oh, are we are we concerned Aza, about the pronunciation Aza, about Aza this Butterfield? <laughs> um, but. Um, so he's like extremely like just face forward, like personality first. He's got these big, huge eyes, these big blue eyes. Like you look at this kid and you're like, I just, I just have to like take him and run. So that's what happens. Merlin, uh, watches the guards leave. The coast is clear for the child to run across to Merlin. Um, of course the guards see the child running. So they chase him. They run into Morgana's room, uh, Mm. where, uh, Merlin just very quickly says like, they're after the boy, they're going to kill him. And, as the guards start banging on Morgana's door, she answers it and she, you know, hides them. Uh, doesn't doesn't tell on them. 
Yeah, and it's worth noting that Guinevere is also there, yep. constantly being forced into situations against her will. I was I was glad later on they that Morgana apologizes to Guinevere about this because she <laughs> she's like you know I should have taken like I'm I'm sorry like I I don't know I just I just assumed like you would be down with this and I probably should have asked. Morgana um, is absolutely and and this will be checked later on, but Morgana is operating under the assumption that she has the privilege of her class and her station. To be like, well, yeah, but if I get in trouble, it's I'm not really going to get in trouble. If Guinevere gets in trouble, they're going to try and kill her again. Yeah, <laughs> it's already happened <laughs> probably more than once at this point. Um, she, she, um, yeah, Morgana. It, it's not that she's doing this at no personal risks to herself. She, of course, wants to keep things from Uther, but I think in the back of her mind, Morgana is still sort of under the assumption that if I if I did something wrong. Yes, I'd be scolded. Yes, I'd get in trouble, but I will probably be forgiven. Yeah. Um, again, that's going to be challenged. It's going to be soon. challenged in this episode, as a matter of fact. Uh, the child, and I guess we should just say this so we don't keep calling him the child. This is the, We're not going to find out till at the very end of the episode that this is the child of Mordred. Uh, so we're, you know... We're just gonna we're just gonna call him Mordred. Like this is a big like I think surprise. Like ooh, it's 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 Darth Vader, everybody. Yeah. But he's young yeah. now. It's Anakin. Um, but it you know we're just gonna call him Mordred. So Mordred collapses from his wound. Um, we jump over to like Uther's kind of work office, I guess, uh, where Arthur is questioning Uther on having the Druid executed, uh, and of course Uther being as, as super anti-magic as he is, is like, absolutely not. Like, we are going to execute this dude. Uh, all of our enemies are watching us. Uh, you know, mercy is a sign of weakness. I need you to go find this child so we can kill the child, too. And Arthur's like, I, I don't know, man. Like, this seems intense. <laughs> like, this is, this is this not is really... This is pretty intense. They came here to buy supplies, and now we're killing them? That's a lot. That's a lot. And he says that, you know, hey, mercy could also be strength. It doesn't have to be a weakness. But Uther ain't playing that game. Yeah, Uther's not ab- about that. Uh, we jump over to Morgana's room where, in kind of a mirror of what we saw in the very first episode of Merlin, uh, Morgana watches the execution from uh, her window. And uh, mm. this time she she has to turn away. And also Merlin is in the room with her. Um, yeah. So they're both wrapped in curtains this time. <laughs> Uther, she's like, just do it. You'll feel safer. It's gonna feel so good, dude. It's gonna feel just. Just trust me. Just trust me. And Merlin's like, oh, he is, and he's fully wrapped, and he's just going, hmm. Yeah, it doesn't really do anything for me, Morgana. I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> looking back and forth between the execution and Morgana at the curtain, <laughs> just looking down. Imagine being Gwen, just walking to the room and going, "What in the fuck are these weirdos <laughs> doing? Like, what? Who told who to do this? Which one of you started this? Because I, I just don't think that. Anyway, uh, Uther gives a a a very uh <laughs> just very evil king speech of like he just does he's just doing evil stuff if you're hiding the escaped druid boy uh you'll be killed you're gonna, you're I'm, gonna, to be killed. I'm gonna execute you as well like turn him over yeah. uh the the druid uh doesn't is not intimidated by uther and says you have let your ma- fear of magic turn to hate and i pity you uh the the druid is then killed and as he's killed, this is why I think this is maybe like a father-son relationship, uh, because the child feels it and kind of, with magic, like lashes out and shatters this mirror in Morgana's room. Yeah. Um, which, you know, 
I don't know how expensive mirrors are in like 500 BC. They might or whatever, be expensive, but... but it does to him like like a shattered mirror is sort of like part of her aesthetic. So I don't oh, yeah. think she'd be really. Yeah. She's probably into this. She's like, oh yeah, yeah look. Yeah, she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to shatter it herself because seven years of bad luck. I imagine she's a bit superstitious. Of course, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, but, all goth um, chicks but, are. But cause... having a shattered mirror to sort of look at like you know a, a dozen um, of tiny reflections of yourself that that certainly fits with her vibe. That's something about that is being mentioned in the zine. And it's going into the zine. Absolutely. I bet the cover of the zine is going to be like a drawing, a representation oh. of the, of the mirror dude. Like yes. she's going to yes. like, and like, I think the title of the, of this month's issue is going to be who can you trust? <laughs> Just with the shattered. picture. Of the, shattered. Who can you trust? Who can you trust? <laughs> the Morgana store. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, we go over to the lab uh, where Merlin is kind of, uh, you could tell like his, his gears are crunching, right? Like he's thinking like, Hey, can I, can I trust crunchy Gaius? Gears, big time, big yeah. time, crunchy gears, crunchy gears. Uh, and he's like, Hey, what do you know about the Druids? Huh? And Gaius is like, immediately and like, what Gaius have you done? immediately. He's like, okay, so you're involved. Right. You're definitely involved. And Merlin's like, absolutely not. My friend, how dare you, sir? Gaius does not see, yeah. does, does not be fooled for one second. So, um but yeah so he's like no, no no i'm not involved don't worry about it and then he goes back to see morgana and um he finds that she's still caring for the boy and he's kind of surprised that she not only helped but is also this concerned about him absolutely like he's uh you know you didn't have to do this like i didn't you know you kind of maybe thought you would turn you would just turn us in and she says you know what if uther is wrong about magic and in a very like insightful kind of comment like what if magic isn't something you choose what if it chooses you um i think this is obviously alluding to her abilities like she, we know that she's yeah. a seer and she's starting to i think figure that a little bit of that out and that's maybe some of this bond she has with the boy um in the background of all of this like as merlin is kind of moving from place to place he's he's walking through the streets and we just see the guards fucking ravaging camelot like it has yeah. to be the worst some of them are just like stuff. like a guy like opens a chest and like a second later we see another guy open that same chest and like i know it's just kind of like a background noise it's not really, yeah. not really supposed to pay attention to it but it's just very funny um but yeah anyway so uh morgana's sentiment here is it's the first time that we've really heard anything like this mm -hmm. um about you know what if it isn't something you choose what if it's something you're born with you know she's sort of this could be applied to to a lot of the things that people in real life are persecuted for right um so i i i guess the show is doing a, a an okay enough job of, of handling that kind of subject matter you know we're just going to label it magic and not anything else that, that people are persecuted for um because there's pretty dire consequences for just being who you are um, yes, absolutely. we're seeing that a lot in this mm -hmm. And uh, I think it's like as much as it. I think I talked about this on the last episode. Like, Morgana obviously has a role in Arthurian lore, and it's. I think it's it's really hard for me to watch some of this stuff as they, as she kind of falls into that role because I just want her to be. I just, it's it's the same thing. Like I just I just want them to live happily ever after, right? Like I want that's how I want a lot of this stuff. But we're not going to do that. Like we're we've got a story to tell, and we need we we need people to go through right. changes. Not to not to make like comparisons, but you brought up like Dark Vader a little while ago, and it's always yeah. like anytime I've seen Revenge of the Sith, and there's these like moments where you go, no, no, Anakin's gonna be fine. It's gonna be Anakin's great. Gonna be fine. Look, he's a great kid. Everything's gonna him. work out. Look, look, he look at see, he's considering being not doing the bad thing, and that's all. But then every time, of course, he becomes, he becomes Darth Vader. He becomes Darth Vader. Um, yeah. There's so there's some shades of that with with some of the characters in this where you go, damn it, 
I think the 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 big thing is that uh, Morgana as a character in this t- this version is so charming, and like she like as she during this like she she Katie uh, McGrath plays the role with such intensity that you just like can't help but be a little swept away. So like when she's like genuinely caring for this unnamed child that she has this weird bond for, like you just kind of get taken away and you're like. Of course, yeah, absolutely. We're gonna we're gonna protect the child. No, yeah, let's go right now. Um, and then then she turns the question back on Merlin because she's like, you know, here's my foundation. I believe that Uther is wrong. I believe that you can't choose the way that you're born, and we need we should be accepting people for who they are, and not you know persecuting them. But then she's like, well, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, Merlin. Why the fuck are you? Why are you doing this? <laughs> like, what does this have to do with you at all? Um, Merlin and does not just, have an answer for this. He's like, uh, I'm a, I mean, like, uh, you know, it's cool. I mean, it's just cool to help, you know, like, I'm just, like, honestly, I'm just need, kind of, kind of, I'm kind of sick. Like, kind of just like dope. a, kind of like a rad guy, you know? I don't know if you've yeah. ever, I don't know if you know that terminology, but like, it's, it's kind of, it's Camelot street slang for like, yeah. really cool dude. You know what I'm With saying? Very <laughs> cool, very tight, very nice guy. <laughs> Morgana just like making notes on the back of her hand like oh I've got a slang column I can I can do it next yeah. month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camelot uh, slang this will make me popular this with is gonna the be, little people. This is going to be so good. This is going to be so good. They're going to really bond with she, me when I know That's what she language. calls peasants. The little people. The little people of course. Yeah. Um, Mer- Merlin can't really answer this. He, he tries to just cover um, and then quickly says like we have to get him back to the druids. Um, and then we skip to. It's really hard to not want to smack Merlin on some of these things. I know he's got his, his self to, he has to protect his identity in a way he has to protect Gaius and needs to continue fulfilling his role as sort of the, the silent guardian of Arthur. But in moments like this, you just go, Merlin, just tell her, just fucking tell her, dude. Yeah. Just, just fucking have the conversation. Uh, uh, but he doesn't instead, uh, Morgana gets to go eat dinner with Uther alone, which in my notes I wrote, which is like the worst thing I can imagine. Um, and I think it's yeah. even worse because like Morgana put on a nice dress for this. Like she got dressed up, like probably expecting more people to show up at the, at the, at the dinner. And it's just Uther there. Like just a fucking buzzkill dog. Like just not good. Yeah. It's, um, it's not great. It's a bummer. Uh, Arthur arrives um, and is like, yo, we've looked every single spot. We've hassled every single little person. Um, Morgana's like that's my that's my term. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. We've hassled every single citizen we could find. No, no kid. And and Uther like as Uther always is is just very dismissive of like. Well, it sounds like you're trying not you're not trying hard enough, Arthur. It sounds like you didn't do a good job. Go redouble your efforts and go out there and find yeah. him. The only thing that we missed in the previous scene, I just realized, is that while Merlin and Morgana were there with Mordred, Arthur comes into her room to search it. Oh, that's a little while. That's that's uh, like next. That's after this. Okay. Yeah, I, yes. Then I have I have literally no idea where we are. In my yeah. notes. <laughs> Why did you handwrite your notes? <laughs> I I switched over to the computer, but I don't know where they go to dinner. I lost you at that point. Luckily, luckily, we're we're very close to that. So, uh, the next morning, uh, Bordred's wounds have become infected. Morgana wants to bring Gaius in, but Merlin's like, no, I'll just go research how to be a doctor real quick and then come back. Uh, and this is when a knock on the door and Arthur is there to search Morgana's chambers. Um, and that's right. That's right. She, she objects of course. And he's like, I'm not really interested in all of your things. I don't care about any of this stuff. Like I just want to find the child. And she's like, fine. The child is over there behind the curtain. Um, 
kind of in the background of this, uh, they realize, or Merlin realizes that they left Mordred's shoes like out in the middle of the floor, so he has to use magic to kind of tap dance them over to the closet yeah. with them. Really ridiculous stuff. Really, really ridiculous stuff. Very good scene. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's so weird to me how, and it's going to be throughout this episode, Merlin balances these like kind of ridiculous moments like this of like, you know, making the shoes dance or tap, tippy tap by themselves with like, oh, we're hunting for a child to kill. <laughs> like it's a, yeah. it's a weird yeah. dichotomy. Um, no sweat. No, no sweat. sweat. I like that the, Arthur's only thing that he to say is when you know he's like, okay, you're trying to trick me, blah blah blah, whatever. He just goes, why don't you go back to brushing your hair or whatever you do all day? <laughs> he's just <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> Something about Morgana really brings out like the the pampered prince in Arthur. Like yeah. it's it's a yeah. it's a and like she I, just I th- it it's this weird competitive thing he has with her. I yeah. think. It's almost like that. It's, I wonder if there wasn't like this idea of competing for Uther's attention. It's because they were, they're roughly the same age. I think he's been, Uther's been Morgana's ward for quite a long time, right? Like, so they basically grew up together. So they, they probably do have like that bickering thing more than they do like any kind of lingering romance or whatever. Right. So. Right. Um, do, 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 uh, they do the magic shoes. Uh, yeah, Merlin goes back to the lab because now he's like, "Hey, we can't get we can't get Gaius involved okay. in helping the boy, but the boy needs help, so I'm gonna go study up and, and figure out how to treat an infected wound." One last um, thing about Arthur being in Morgana's room is that he just completely takes food off of her table without asking, and then in, <laughs> in the middle of all of this, just it finds time to call Merlin a lazy idiot for a servant. <laughs> so perfect, perfect. Just again, lots of comedic beats in this plot line about murdering a child. <laughs> yeah, no sweat. Um. um yeah, so Merlin, he goes back to the lab, he starts studying, uh, trying to learn as much as he can to help treat the boy. That's when Gaius comes in, who's like, oh, you finally taken an interest in, in, in my work and all of this. So he immediately like, sits Merlin down and he's like, I'm giving you an education, I'm giving you a lot of it, and I'm doing it today. Doing it right um, now. So now, like, 12 hours have passed. <laughs> Morgana's <laughs> fucking stressed out. The boy is literally dying. Um, and then finally, Merlin makes it back with supplies. Um very funny she's like where have you been and okay. it's like i had to learn a lot about anatomy and morgana's like i i don't why is that a euphemism i don't understand um, is this more slang is this a, is this camelot slang i don't what does anatomy yeah. mean um, but while merlin is is doing this he gets more telepathic communication from the boy who says thank you emrys um and he goes on to explain among our people emrys is your name um and merlin is like that's pretty weird because i don't even know i don't people yeah i don't never met any of you guys you guys have never met you guys like from my old village if so my name was merlin there yeah i was just i've just always been merlin emerus feels like a weird i don't know man like maybe it just feels like kind of kind of demeaning in some way and i don't i don't like it maybe you can just call me merlin something about it doesn't feel good Um, so what else to do when you get a when you get called a weird name you go talk to your dragon exactly uh you go talk to your dragon specifically we walk into this cave where he is known to be chained up and then you say hello <laughs> you don't say like dragon i have arrived no 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 no. you just you just walk in and you're like eh, hello, hello? <laughs> anyone there and then i um, love this jump scare like the dragon jumps out at morgan, at morgan jesus christ and merlin is like ah <laughs> what the fuck yeah. Yeah. oh i didn't know there was a dragon in here jeez um the dragon immediately knows Merlin is here to talk about the druid, um, and they talk about the name Emerus. Um, and the dragon says, "Yeah, that's uh, that's what they call you. You have many names. There is much written about you that you have yet to read, or something like that." And um, 
Merlin's like, what the fuck, brother? Um, what does that even mean? But yeah. the dragon tells him, hey, I'm just, just you know, dragon's advice. Take it with a grain of salt. I don't think you should be protecting that boy. Um, you and he are as different as day and night. But then he just flies away. He doesn't explain himself. <laughs> it just leaves. Um, I love this idea that this dragon, because it, you, you expect this to be like the wise, like, all-knowing dragon who is going to help shepherd uh, merlin through his destiny to blah 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 but really in like if you really look at what the dragon has done through these last eight episodes it's just kind of act like a like a begrieved asshole like this dude is just like yeah. why are you in my cave the cave sucks enough already without humans talking in it like i'm chained mm-hmm. to this like i've got a th- thing about around my ankle that's not dragonish that's not dragonish no. at all, dude. No. Like, nope. this is pretty uncool of you guys. It's extremely unrad. You're giving me the Shrek treatment. <laughs> Morgana is like, so happy. Moment, She's like, the dragon's been reading the, the the zines. He knows how to use rad. Um. Uh, all right. So later we see Morgana. She's trying to treat the boy. She's trying to help him out. Um. Gwen is there. She's offering to like take over for a little while, give uh Morgana a break. Um. But uh, but Mordred speaks. The boy, uh, talks to he, he, says like Morgana in her brain, so like he okay, she, he, she can hear him as well. Um, and this is when Merlin arrives, and Morgana like insists on uh, we have to bring in Gaius, like she demands it. And there's this moment where like she is so intense about this child that like Gwen is looking at her like, what the fuck is going on? Like yeah, you don't even know this child's name. Here? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so of, of course Merlin, Merlin, you know, submits. He's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to resist this anymore. He goes to talk to Gaius. He comes clean. Gaius is like, why the fuck why? are you doing? What are you why? doing? Why, Merlin, why? Dude. Um, and of course Merlin, um, you know, Merlin sees himself in the boy, and uh, uh, and that's that's really the bottom line. He can't he can't let somebody who he sees as as uh, vulnerable and suffering, somebody like him, he he doesn't want to see that person die. So. Um, he tells guys that the kid's really sick. He's really hurt and, and he needs his help. And, and sure enough, guys isn't going to just let the kid die. So he agrees to help. Yep. Um, of course, you know, Gaius is Gaius. He's, he's going to try to help a child and, you know, or not. We never, we never really know. We're doing with Gaius. Um, he, Gaius goes over to Morgana's room inspects the child, uh, and is like, okay, uh, Merlin really sucks at being a doctor. Like, I don't know what the slop you put on him is, but that's not going to fix anything. Like, we're going to get him doctored up, and we're going to get him the fuck out. Um, yeah. So Just put some mud on his wound. Yeah, seriously. Uh, later, Merlin, Morgana, and Gwen all devise a plan to sneak uh, the boy out of the castle. So, uh, basically, they're going to get him out of the castle and someone's going to meet them with supplies to get them on the road back to the druids. Uh, Morgana's Merlin, of course is like, I'll do it. And Morgana's like, no, 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 I'll do this. Uh, but to get out of the castle, they have to use a secret door, which only Arthur has the key to. So it's back to Arthur's room for more comedy shenanigans, more shenanigans, more soup related shenanigans. Um, this is actually the same gook that, um, the gruel that he was applied to Mordred's wound is what is in Arthur's ball. Yes, one hundred percent, absolutely. Um, I just literally wrote in my notes: Merlin does tomfoolery to get the key. That's it. That's you just said tomfoolery. This is a. This yeah. is. A, I think this is a very clever scene. Like bouncing the keys behind his head with uh, Arthur. Like, do you hear that jingling? And Merlin going, "Oh no, absolutely not!" Like it's a. 
it's a fun it's a fun little ride i think um it's yeah 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 when when merlin chooses to be goofy it's the weirdest thing ever to me like that's what i'm really getting from this rewatch is just like because watching it casually and not doing it for a podcast you just kind of absorb everything that's happening you're like silly goofy mood i get it uh doing it for the podcast where you're like trying to tie bits and pieces together and like create this over overarching narrative for the characters and the story and then you were like oh and then then there's just a five minute thing where you know merlin telepathically merlin controls does some a keys. Bit. yeah then merlin does a bit in the middle of it exactly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a thing that merlins do they they love it's bits, funny Chris. because this is such a heavy episode in some ways and there's two like really silly magic scenes and uh first with the boots making a little boots walk like that's just funny it's yeah. just silly. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the same thing here where he, you know, he uses magic to pull the key off of Arthur. He's dangling it behind him. Arthur keeps hearing it and spinning it around. And then finally he drops the key in the soup. But he's like, okay, that was a different sound. What the fuck is going on here? Um, but through it all, Merlin manages to get the key. Um, and this is where we cut back over to Morgana. And we see her finally apologizing to Gwen um, for putting her in danger without you know considering how she might feel about all this. Um, and she's like, yeah, I know what it's like to face execution because um, Uther is crazy. I don't know if any yeah. of you have stopped to check <laughs> on this. he's an insane Our type. king is out of his mind. Because <laughs> he fucking hates magic and he's a fucking tyrant. Like, we got to get Arthur yeah. on, the phone, on, on the throne post-haste. Um, I, like, I like that Morgana spends the time to do this. Like, obviously she... She didn't think about it at first, which would have been the thing, but I'm glad like the show spent the time to that Morgana was thinking about Gwen and her feelings and everything. Like it's just it makes this relationship between the two of them so much more than like, you know, royal and servant or whatever. Uh like it it feels like they are actually have genuine There's a little bit more friendship happening. Yeah, yeah. like they care for um, one another. Yeah. Uh Merlin then shows up with the key, and now he's kind of side eyeing the kid. And this has sort of changed this his interpretation of everything happening it shifts from here on out um after talking to the dragon after kind of having things put into perspective and realizing like wait this kid might be responsible for something really bad happening um could that really be possible but now he can't stop thinking about it it's this thing that's gotten that's needled its way into his brain and and now um it's it's worrying him and after uh gwen leaves with Mordred, uh or excuse me Morgana leaves with Mordred. Gwen kind of tells Merlin this, like Morgana is like really focused on this child. I've never seen her like this with anybody before. Like this is, and you can like just literally see that Merlin is starting to have doubts. Um, there's a pretty lengthy yeah. scene of Morgana and Mordred sneaking through the armory, opening the door, sneaking out. Uh, but a and I kind of I actually thought this was kind of cool. Like they 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 kind of skitter by in a hallway in a in a um another castle servant sees them and i guess like reports them so like and then just a couple of minutes later you're like the servant reported that they were headed this way sire yeah. that kind of stuff um just a lot of like mechanical work in a very brief amount of time like i just thought it was good um, yeah it works it works well um and arthur rushes and, and to the, the next door. thing we know you know arthur's tipped off but then suddenly the the bells are ringing and it's like whoa what is going on yep uh warning bell is sounded arthur realizes his keys are gone um morgana and mordred make it to gwen's house uh and um Morgana's like okay I'm going uh we're, we're out of here and uh Mordred like looks back at um Merlin and says goodbye Emerus um mm. unfortunately now that the warning bells are up uh the guards are out in full force with Arthur leading the charge um they hide 
there's a again a kind of a lengthy like cat and mouse scene where they're just hiding in some like stalls and they're trying to move around but as soon as they try to make out uh they just crash right into arthur yeah bummer um and arthur is just like he's in complete shock that it's morgana she can't believe or he can't believe that she's the one who who is behind all this um and of course she continues to beg arthur to to see reason to let the kid go and arthur definitely seems conflicted about it and if it was just arthur that busted her that might be one thing but he's got like a whole platoon of guards with him yeah so sure he might be the prince but word's gonna get back to uther he he can't go along with this he has to he has to take them in the moment here too where he like legit looks around where he's like he sees morgana like he understands what's happening he he grasps like she's been protecting him she's been hiding from him this entire time and then he kind of looks around like could i no no definitely not yeah. <laughs> uh and she begs him she's she begs him like you can take me let the child go and arthur like he hesitates for a second but eventually just orders them all restrained and then we we crash into uh uther uh just yelling at morgana who is defending herself tears in her eyes uh and very quickly like volunteers to be punished instead of the boy um because she just she she, she wants to protect him she doesn't want to see him dead of course but of course uther is not listening at all and orders the child's execution at dawn um like yeah and of course this is his own this is his thing let this be a lesson to you i'm gonna kill somebody and it's your fault and this is your lesson this is the same thing he pulled on arthur last episode um this dude just fucking loves killing people um i think it's not even that uther takes pleasure in it it's just he's so extreme and he has no reservations about taking life life yep. means nothing to him so it's not that he is he is somebody who relishes in in the pain of of uh in pain and suffering of other people he just does not care. It does not phase him at all. Well, and there's, you know, this 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 moment kind of builds to a to a head where Morgana like almost chases after him and it's like, you know, there's something going on. Like it's this child did nothing. All he does is have magic. There has to be something. And Uther is just overcome by fury and he and he whirls around and he grabs her by the throat and pushes her back to the table and tells her not to speak to him again until she's ready to apologize. And when he lets go of her throat and like storms out of the place, you could tell Morgana is shaken. Like this is probably the first time in her life that someone has laid hands on her. It's the king. Uh, and yeah. seeing that like raw fury and you and I who have seen you, I know you've seen most of the show and I've seen all of it. Like we have kind of an idea of what Uther went through with all this magic stuff to make him this way as, as viewers right now, we have really no idea. All we see is that it has made him into a fucking crazy person. Last episode, Morgana questioned if whether, uh, whether or not Uther loved her more than he hated magic or if he you know hates magic more than he loves her and this move right here kind of just proves that his hatred for magic outweighs everything else yeah absolutely like even and so yeah even uh, and also war. it just confirms that all of her fears are, were, were justified absolutely um, like that's that's the other thing that this is doing i think is is driving morgana away um anyway i, I really like this episode this is a really good episode, <laughs> good episode. um um later we see yeah we see her she's back with her room she's dejected um probably in disbelief from what just happened and she's talking to merlin uh and that's when she finally resolves that like you know we we can't we, we can't not go through this we have to find a way um and she asks merlin if she can still count on him for this and you know he doesn't want to do it anymore he's he's out he's tapped out but he reluctantly nods he he's gonna go along with it yes um he doesn't know what that means right like he doesn't know exactly what's going on but he's 
going to help. I mean, and like, to be fair, if Morgana was like, Jeremy, we need to do this. I'd be like, absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. We go over to Arthur and Uther who are arguing about this execution order in the hallway. Uh, and Uther, Arthur is making a case of like, Hey, we don't need to execute the child. We can just like return him to the Druids in BD. But Uther of course is not hearing any of this. Um, and when Arthur says that, you know, hey, like, if you do this, like, Morgana has an attachment to the child. He may, She may never forgive you for this. And Uther turns around and lashes out at Arthur. She betrayed me. Like, she mm-hmm. she is the one that has done this. And Arthur's like, yeah, but you're not killing her. Like, you're killing this child. Like what? And Uther, like, stops and he's like, the only reason that I am not hurting Morgana is because I promised her father he, I wouldn't hurt her. Um, this is like um, this is not a great situation to find yourself in. No, not at all. Like, a shouldn't have to make promises to not hurt children. <laughs> that shouldn't yeah, be a, definitely should, should just be a, a normal thing. I think. Um, and B, like it's it's just again Uther's obsession with ending magic and Camelot is uh, you know his undoing. Like it's it's just making him into such a mm-hmm. person that you know it's pushing Arthur away from him now. Like because you can't look at your dad being like this and go like, all right, time to go to the ball game, Dad. Like you just. Yeah. You, you just you just realize that like something is wrong with this dude. Something seriously wrong with this dude. Um, when Arthur gets back to his room after this troubling conversation, uh, Morgana is there, and um, she says she knows that Arthur knows that his father is wrong for this. She's like, I know that they in your heart you know that this is not the right thing to do. That we can't just execute a little kid for no for no reason. Um, and she tries to convince Arthur to help. He protests that he has no choice, um, and she kind of throws that back at him. She's like, is this how you're going to rule when you're a king? And we've seen this sort of this conversation with them before. Um, I can't remember if it was back with the snake, the snake shield fight. Something There was something going on at some point where mm-hmm. she was just like, is this how you're going to be when you're a king? Um, but then she reassures him that, you're, you know, you're not like your father. And he says that he, he doesn't want to betray him. Um, but... She insists, Arthur, if I know you, I know that you don't want to stand by and let this happen. Um, and so if you're you don't have to look at it as helping the boy, just look at it as helping me. Uh, and we don't get to hear what Arthur says here. No, uh, we cut over to Merlin, who is walking through the courtyard and watching the executioner sharpening his axe. Um, and then he kind of busts in on this conversation between Morgana and Arthur. Uh, Arthur quickly tells him to go muck out his horses, which I thought was a really weird turn of phrase because i've always heard autumn say muck out the stalls or the horse stalls or you know, that kind of thing i've never heard i don't think that you, that's a thing that you do to horses he's just he's just making up shit for for merlin to do those are just the first combination of words that he came yeah, up with yeah might as well might as well send him on a snipe hunt right like merlin yeah, go find yeah. me some snipes <laughs> see you later bro <laughs> um, yeah he's just um he's just getting them out of their hair but um but morgana's like no no no, no. it's cool he's my boy he's he's he can he can help us he's my morgana says he's my rad and merlin's like that's not that's not you don't you don't that's not the way you use that word and she's like it's not arthur gives a quick glance over to merlin and he just shrugs like i don't know i don't know what she's saying though really um but yeah um they they all come up with a plan they realize that if something happens and morgana gets caught again like that's bad news so they're going to have morgana eat dinner with Uther again, twice in one episode, like the fucking worst you can pot- thing you could possibly Bummer. do. Uh, and then this time she's got to like apologize to him. So if shit goes down, we, she will be exonerated. She, she will be instantly not guilty. Right. Like they, no way that she could have had anything to yeah. do with it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, they're going to, once again, goes to see the dragon. 
he wants some clarification on why he shouldn't help the boy because he's like, listen, I'm I'm in a pretty sticky situation up here. All right. <laughs> I, have, and I, need... I have told a lot of like royal types that I'm gonna be like doing some shit. So if you mm-hmm. can maybe like just a little bit of clarification for me. But um the the dragon clarifies helpfully. If the boy lives, then you cannot fulfill your destiny. So Merlin infers that the boy is destined to kill Arthur, something like that. And the dragon just says, you must let the boy die, which is pretty harsh. That is not what Merlin wanted to hear. Um, So back at the lab, we see Merlin eating dinner with Gaius. And Gaius asks Merlin why his forehead looks like a wrinkled lizard's elbow. Um, Or it's wrinkled like a lizard's elbow. Great, great simile there, Gaius. Um, (laughs) But yeah, Merlin is really, he's, he's... just caught up in this because he, he feels like now he can't do anything, but he also doesn't want to let something terrible happen. Um, would you let something terrible happen if it stopped something even worse from happening in the future? And guys is like, I don't know, man. It kind of depends. Dude, I guess, I, I don't know. you know, I'm trying to do a fucking Merlin, crossword puzzle at dinner, dude. Like I have been on you. I've yeah. I've been on Merlin duty all fucking day. Can I have like a couple guys hours now, Merlin? Yeah, Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. Merlin is, is often juggling these moral quandaries and um, yeah, it's tough. I've, uh, you know, we have outside knowledge of, of Arthurian legend, but, but Merlin doesn't. And he's, of course he's wrapped up in, in, wanting to be a friend to Morgana, wanting to help this boy who is like him, but then also this this whole destiny business. Um so he's he's very he's very conflicted. I think on paper the right thing to do for him is to help the boy. But with all these other pieces of information floating around in there, it's it's a it's a tough call. Um and it's bad versus unthinkable. Yeah. Sort of the the choices that he has to make. That's how he puts it. Uh but Gaia says he thinks that Merlin has already made up his mind. Um, and Merlin says that for once he is going to do nothing and he seems like he means it. And, um, I I just want to point out too, like you, you said this, like we have outside knowledge of like a potential villain for Mordred, right? Like even the name just sounds like it's a bad name. Like I'm going to name you Loki child. (laughs) Why? But, um, the only reason that Merlin is really doubting this is because of the dragon, um, and you get the idea, at least I did at watching this episode of like, the dragon may not necessarily want Merlin to complete his destiny. Like this could be a really good way to fuck his destiny up. Mm. Right. Mm. Because like, this is the thing, like it, it just, he's the only reason that Merlin has any doubts whatsoever. And he argued right. with it, with the, with the dragon of like, this can't be real. Like not all fate can be carved in stone, blah, blah, blah. But like, realistically like i think merlin left to his own devices would just save the child like no questions asked so um presenting this as a moral quandary i think is is actually really interesting yeah it's um it adds because this seems like it could just be um a morgana episode and uh her kind of having this bond with this child because of the things that she's experienced because of the way that she feels she can't share her experiences with anybody the isolation manifesting itself um, through a bond with this child right um and it could have just left there and it would have been a, a, a well-rounded episode but we add this merlin layer into it which makes things even more interesting yeah um speaking of that bond uh while gwen is helping morgana get ready uh she's worried about morgana risking so much and morgana insisted that there's this bond even if she can't explain it um at all and you can just see like the worry and the concern because now like 
it's rational to help this child. It's maybe not the most rational thing in the world to put everything up in your life on the line for this. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so from there, she's, she's, uh, she heard the phrase go big or go home recently. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to be a rad. And Gwen is like, that's not how we use the, that's not, you're still not, it's not Um, right. Uh, Morgana's yeah, like, I'm so going to be cool this, uh, AF. No, that's not, Morgana, that's not, doesn't really apply here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's she's got this bond. Gwen is like st- stronger than a bond with Uther. And she's like, I mean, that's obvious. Uh, she says she can't even explain it. And then Gwen just wishes her good luck with dinner with Uther. And now we get to see, I always thought the scene was weird because it seems like Morgana is like acting. Like at first I'm like, oh, she acted this scene poorly. But then I'm like, no, 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 no. It's Morgana acting because she she has to like, grovel and apologize yeah. to uther and it's like it's fake it's phony and, it, and it's very weird and it's just it, like you don't you don't like to see it um you know what else makes this scene weird chris is that uh, uther uther <laughs> is sitting on the on his side of the table with just an entire ham in front of him mm. an entire ham and he's eating the ham with gloves i don't think are dinner gloves the things in, in camelot is that like a i mean i I guess so. I like this. I guess he's just wearing like leather gauntlets to dinner alone. Um, Uther it does but, does believe her apologies, or at least is willing to accept it, so that they could kind of move on. Um, and she sits down and starts having dinner with him again, second time, and that sucks for him. Uh, meanwhile, Arthur, Arthur mm. is sneaking up on the prison guards and lowering a bag of like fucking sleep spell. <laughs> Yeah, he drops like a smoke bomb on these dudes and they pass out and fall asleep. Arthur, where did you get these skills, my friend? Like, where, yeah. where is this? Where has this been? Where's this bag of tricks coming from. Um, and these poor prison guards are always just getting fucked. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> Arthur when... then sneaks down. He busts the boy out and he's just like, all right, let's get out of here. Do you remember it when Merlin not... tricked the prison guards with just a dice? <laughs> like one die? Like, I'm just going to make just it a roll. a small distraction? Yeah, I'm just going to make it roll to the other side of the room and both guards are like, do, 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 do. <laughs> just they got the dumbest guys on the force <laughs> guarding the prison well because it's usually just poor people in there right There's yeah it doesn't people matter people haven't even yeah. committed crimes they're just they just don't have money yeah so they're they just people in, in there they're just bewildered they're like wait a minute yeah. we don't have a court system like i thought just, i had a honestly isn't that different than real life unfortunately <laughs> no. um they wait so uh, uh arthur and the the kid whatever the fuck his name is Mordred. they they run to the end of this long like tunnel that they're supposed to head down where uh and they reach a gate that leads directly outside and at that gate merlin is supposed to be there waiting for them but merlin's not there and we see him back at the back at the lab he's still he's in bed he's literally sitting on his bed uh and then we hear the warning bell ringing um the guards are getting closer to arthur and Mordred. all this stuff is happening all at once and we think okay well now the bells are ringing merlin's gonna jump into action no, he curls up in bed. Just curls up, dude. He's he's. And then that's when the boy starts telepathically calling out to Emrys. Emrys, he asked asking him for help. Um, and the thing that surprised me the most about all this is that in this situation, Arthur like draws his sword, and he's ready to fight. It's like yeah, he's ready to fight for this boy's life because I think that the the easiest solution would be for Arthur to pretend like he is the first one who caught the kid or something like that. Like, I mean, obviously that's like shitty, Yeah. <laughs> but, but in this situation, he's not trying to cover for himself. He's literally going to fight for this kid because Morgana asked him to. Um, meanwhile, the kid just keeps telepathically reaching out to Merlin, guilting him, essentially being like, you said you would help. Where are you? Help us, help us, help us. 
over and over and over and over and over again until Merlin is forced to finally get up and we see him kind of dash across. All this stuff is happening all at once. There's lots of action. Merlin finally gets to the gate and he pulls it loose so that they can escape. What a shitty gate if Merlin's weak ass arms can just open the gate. Yeah, like, I'm really surprised. It doesn't seem like he used anything else other than his arms. <laughs> really surprised Arthur unless, he, like, unless they had a horse. I don't know. Yeah, maybe there was a horse involved. Um, there's a moment during this uh, when the alarm bells go off uh, for the first time. And at, back at the dinner, a guard rushes in and Uther says, find out why those bells are ringing. And the guard rushes off. And I'm like, Uther, like, you don't have people just set up for this. Like, I mean, it's like, in theory, you should ring the bell and then go tell the king why the bell is being rung. Like, you shouldn't have to yeah. ask yeah. for this. This seems like a real breakdown of communication. It doesn't need to be a two-step program. This is a one-step situation. one step. Yeah. Ring the bell. Tell, tell Uther. Uh, so, they escape. Uh, guards show up um, and tell Uther the bad news. Uther gets, of course, super mad um, and gets in Morgana's face about this and tells her and his like, and and fucking props to Anthony Head for like genuinely making a character that I I think is kind of I mean, Uther's not bad. He's just kind of like almost goofy in his villainy right right now mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. of the all the, the the super aggressive magic hate. But he genuinely like channels some emotions here and makes it very scary and uther is like if you put one more fucking zine under my pillow i am going to fucking i will i'm just i'm just going to take all of the printing materials away morgana i'm just going to take them away from you you're not going to be able to print any more zines anymore keep it out of my room that's what i'm telling you right now um enough no he actually says that uh if he finds out that she had anything to do with this the consequences will be severe and says that uh he promised her father not to let any harm come to you but if she betrays him and he specifically uses this word betrays him uh mm. he will not hesitate to break that promise uh and yeah. then stalks out and you could just see on margana's face like without a second thought without he will he will not he will not give a second thought to breaking that promise I mean, like i'm ready to fucking do it now but i'm giving you one fucking more chance yeah. like it's it's bad it, this is a threat this is this is a threat, and you could see like Morgana realizing for the first time that oh, I I thought that we messes we we had a relationship like I thought he was like my protector and my king, but he doesn't actually give a fuck about me right like he's no. not upset he's just mad that he wasn't able to kill this child and he's lashing out at me and you could see it just break her completely. Mm-hmm. She's expendable. She's not who. Mm-hmm she thought she was to him he's not who she thought he was it's it's not it's not a great situation this is this is a this is a turning point this is a turning point and and realizing that you know i think that she's probably spent the most time with uther on screen i mean maybe not on screen but i think it's implied that she's at court with uther all the time while arthur is off adventuring and shit she's there you know she's with uther so it seems like they should have a closer bond but this is sort of severing that in a way. Um, and I can totally imagine Uther the next day going back to normal because this is just nothing. People don't mean anything to him. Exactly. Um, yeah. Just this is and, just but casual. For Morgana, this is not something that she's going to forget. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I, I really like this. Like this this progression with Morgana. It's hard to watch. Uh, and I, I genuinely like Morgana a whole lot. So like it's it's I'm just. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna set up these character arcs, like re- they really fucking commit to them, and I'm I'm really happy um, that they do this. Arthur is uh, reuniting the child with druids, 
the druids promise not to tell anybody that Arthur Pendragon helped them. And as they're leaving, Arthur says, hey, I don't even know your name. And the child looks up at like the head druid guy who nods. And then we hear the druid music pipe up again. Um, and it says, my, and he says, my name is Mordred. Uh, and like it linked, the camera does that thing where it's like a huge reveal. And I just like, I feel bad. Like, cause I know there's some people that don't really know much about this stuff that are watching Merlin along with us. And like, feel bad for people that don't know the name Mordred. Like it sounds mm-hmm. bad, but it's like, you just don't know. Right. Like you just have no right. context. And like, they I, linger I, on this for a and while. In the moment itself, it's, it's somewhat subtle. Well, they linger. They definitely linger. They linger on him, and then they come back and they linger on Arthur. But I like the way that they just present this scene of uh, you know Arthur standing there in the dark forest and the shadows on his face, and the, the camera's just sort of sitting there, almost as if that name should mean something to him, but of course it doesn't in the context of the story. Yeah. Um. There's just they just there's that pause, and yeah, I remember not knowing who the character was. I didn't know this was Mordred until he said it, right? Um, I didn't have those suspicions because of my preconceived notions about what I thought Mordred was yeah. in the typical Arthurian legend. Um, so to have this boy be revealed as Mordred was was really surprising and exciting. And um, I remember, I think I told Jess because Jess, you know, wasn't familiar with um, that. But yeah, when we originally watched it, I was like, oh shit. That's fucking Mordred. That's, Mordred, that's a guy. Homie. That's a that's dude. That's a named guy. That's, that's a that's an that's important character right there. Um, and yeah, so it is. It is a weird. It's a reveal. It's a twist for for people who are familiar, of course, with the characters. But yeah, again, if you're not, it's sort of like okay. Yeah, it's a, some kid. Okay, cool. Um, and we're not going to go into details about like. I mean, obviously, I've said some stuff. Like he's important to the. I lore. mean, the dragon said some stuff. The, the dragon said some stuff too. Like, but uh, we're not going to get into like what specifically in this TV show that he does or, or doesn't do. We'll we'll kind of leave that up in the air. Um. And then we get our our, our kind of tease for the next episode where Nimue is back and we're going to go make the Green Knight. <laughs> so everybody watch the Green Knight before they watch the next yeah. episode of Merlin because it looks like it's very All similar. Right. Um, excited to have Nimue back. But this is a great episode. Like the, the Morgana character development I think is super dope. I think this is uh, all of this stuff with Uther like... I. I feel like we, we've got to hit it like a breaking point where we start finding out like what really fucked up with Uther. Um, and yeah, I feel yeah. like we're getting close to that. So I'm excited. Cool. Yeah. Um, is it all weird? Right, another, another solid episode in the books. Is it weird that this is like, we're almost at the end of the first season. Yeah. You know, I actually recently thought I was like, Oh shit, is it only 10 episodes? Is it gone that? But no, it's like what? 13, something like that. It's uh 13 for the first season. I think so. We're, we're yeah. more than halfway done with season one, um, which is kind of weird and wild. Cause we're so used to doing 23, 24 episodes of season. So, all right. All right. Um, thank yes. you everybody for listening. We very much appreciate it. Um, it's obvious you guys are still sharing the podcast with your friends, leaving ratings and reviews. We really, really appreciate that. It's the best way to grow a podcast. Um, if you want to support us directly, patreon.com slash monster of the week is the place to do so. We've got some exclusive content, um, for that, uh, for the, for patrons coming out on a regular basis. Uh, so go check all of that good, good stuff out. Uh, we'll be back next week with, uh, some undead swords. Bye, everybody. Bye. See if this will work now. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh. Someone made uh, Yoda cookies in the chat. Can I have some?
uh, it's not Yoda cookies. They're just like cupcakes that look like Yodas, look like baby Yodas. If baby Yodas do me any good, if I can't eat them, all oh, those are those are fun. Those are looks look good. Props, short stack, Big Mac. I hope in two weeks when you hear this, you you'll get a, a kick out of it. <laughs> and if you don't, and Cup you never respond, you're fake ass friend. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You beat me to it. Fucking fake ass friends. You ever had a fake Fucking friend fake before, Chris? Friend. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, literally. Oh yeah, we had a. Uh, I won't get into specifics. We had a. We had a friend that we had to divorce out of the friend group, um, mm. for for some pretty serious lying. And it was nothing. Never anything that like. Well, there's a couple things that mattered, but most of the time it was things that really didn't matter. And everybody was like, "That's straight up not true. We know that that is false." Um, and this person had been kind of annexed by a large portion of the friend group. And I was always kind of off to the side of the friend group anyway. I kind of came and went. I had other friends in different friend groups, whatever. Um, I'm more, you know, I'm more of a solo guy myself. It would just be me and Steve. That was, that was what I counted as writing solo. It was just sure. you and Steve. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but this, 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 uh, this friend that had to be annexed would often come to me to be like hey let's hang out or whatever and i'd be like yeah sure that's I don't, whatever you know we're just playing video games whatever you can come by and then i would realize oh they don't want to hang out with me they just um they just want to know what's going on with the rest of the group why aren't they being why isn't so-and-so picking up their phone or blah 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 and i was like dude i don't know don't use me to get to them that was a fake <laughs> that was fake that was fake friendship right there that's definitely fake friends um i don't know it's not happened to me at all for a long time i had friends that were would definitely like lie to me Mm. Um, but it was over super shit. Like I told you about like my, a dude that I thought was my best friend who tried to tell me that he wrote like Nirvana lyrics to his songs. I was like, dude, yeah, that just, that's not a fake friend. That's just yeah, a, yeah. That's, that's, just, just, a, that's just a guy idiot. who lies. That's just a dumbass. Yeah. Um, I've had friends that, uh, like, I think like maybe the worst kind of friend you can have is a moocher. Uh, moochers are a, never good. I had a friend who was real big about like, um, and I think in his mind, he made up for it because he would always share his largesse. Um, but it was like a continual expectation of like, oh, you're going to share your booze with me all of the time. And then the one time I have a great night as a as a waiter, I'm going to buy everybody beer or weed or whatever. Um, but it was just like the continual thing that gets got mm-hmm. I think got annoying to me. Like it just like the constant like, oh, here comes that guy. And he... Definitely doesn't have anything to drink or, or smoke with him. Great. <laughs> yeah, Good. Yeah. Can't wait to give him some more of my camel cigarettes because that's, <laughs> that's uh, great. And I don't like, and you know, you don't mind like helping your friends or anything. Like I'm definitely not the type of dude to be like, Jeremy Greer sent you a Venmo request for the French well, fry I that don't you know. took. It's different though. Cause if it's like, if it's somebody that everybody always wants to be at the party, mm-hmm. if that person's excuse be like, oh no, I can't come hang. Like I don't have any money. I'm broke. I don't have any beer, you know, whatever. And you'd be like, no, 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 we got you. Come on, come through, dude. Come. All like, good. That's totally fine. That's. But what it's what it's this person showing up empty-handed every single time. Then you go, brother. And it that's wasn't mooching. It was never. It was never a party, right? Like it was just. Yeah. It was just the. It was just like the the nightly hang or whatever. Like the boys would get together. We're gonna, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. drink some booze. We're gonna talk about movies that we think are pretentious um, or whatever we were doing back then. Um, probably listening to Astor Piazzolla or Frank Zappa because we were we were those guys. Um, and just like him showing up and being like, "All right, like, where's the beer at? <laughs> like, I don't know, dude. It's yeah. at the store. Go, I don't know. Go to the Circle at the, K. At the liquor store. Yeah, <laughs> go to fucking Circle K. I'm. I have a job. <laughs> yeah. And he did too. But like, it's just it's just one of those weird things. Bad friends, though. Bad friends. Bad are, friends. Are bad good. friends. Speaking uh, of bad friends. Speaking of. Did you watch Batman? <laughs> I did. 
my segue in my head is that I bet Batman's not a good friend. Dude, the way that he treats Alfred throughout that movie uh, yeah. is is hilarious and and terrible. Uh, I can't I can't believe number one anybody would treat Gollum that way, Smeagol, if you will. Uh, but second, just he just he treats him like shit all of the time. Like I mean, there's a there's a moment where like Batman gets up for breakfast to attend a meeting that Alfred made like the accountants come to his house and like batman sits down i'm not gonna call him bruce wayne because he's just batman throughout the entire movie batman. there's never a bruce wayne moment he's yeah. such a he's just he's a little freak he's just a little movie. little little weird he's little goblin a little freak. freak and I, I that's what made me like it is that he's such a little freak yeah, absolutely um, that, that you just go that's just like he's just like a nasty freaky guy but um, he, he comes up to the table and like alfred is there with the newspaper and like and he and alfred just gestures over is like there's fresh strawberries if you would like them master bruce and and bruce and batman just sits down and starts like hurling fucking fresh strawberries down his throat without so much of a fucking thank you or fuck yeah. you man like yeah what the hell you got this dude this dude went out like <laughs> he went out and got strawberries uh that movie is so fucking weird dude that i i love like all of the cinematography all of the shots in that movie are just fucking gorgeous like it just oozes atmosphere and it's really fucking great and mm-hmm. then you have some like absolute absolutely like donkers fucking lines like the moment when uh gordon and Batman are like trying to solve a clue, and I think there's some, someone says something about wings, and Gordon goes, "Penguins also have wings." <laughs> I just, I fucking, I stopped the episode and texted. I think yeah. you or either you or Gary about it because it was so fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's a lot of really silly stuff. I mean, I, I, I did like the movie. I watched it, enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but there's, yeah, there's some, there's some really funny stuff in there. Um, it just feels like, and I, I guess I mean this as a compliment. This role feels like. Uh, the way that Robert Pattinson played it could have been the same guy who played uh, Worm Tongue in Lord of the Rings. Absolutely, <laughs> like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. like uh-huh. just like change things just a little bit, and it's just and it's just Worm Tongue. Yeah, it's except worm they, man. instead it's handsome Robert Pattinson. So some of that gets you know that maybe there'd be less Catwoman smooches if it was Grimo Worm Tongue, but it's just the way he acts is very similar to that, and I really like that. <laughs> There's a uh, at the very beginning of the movie. There's a point where uh, a Nirvana song starts playing, something in the way starts playing, and there's there's narration happening, and you're like, the, as the viewer, you're kind of unclear, like because you're watching somebody kind of spy on a family, so you're like, maybe this is the bad guy, uh, or maybe this is such and such, and like, it's very like questionable of who could be narrating and then eventually like a dude gets on a motorcycle goes to what is very obviously a bad cave uh <laughs> sits down and he begins writing and this entire time like fucking something in the way <laughs> is, is happening in, in the background and he sits down and like starts writing his little diary thing his little his little journal about all of the and you realize that batman the fucking crime fighter the millionaire playboy billionaire playboy has been writing in his little diary listening to nirvana with his with his makeup on so that his eyes eye flesh doesn't show through the mask and it's the most it's the most like i feel like it set sad boy culture back 20 years i feel like we were back to fucking the crow like i feel like like (laughs) sad boys as a group we're finally like kind of branching out like we're we're wearing colorful shirts now like we're still Mm. sad but like we're still listening to some sad well, I think music. It, I think it was, it was a cultural reset. Yeah. It was, hey, we maybe we've gone too far. Let's try <laughs> let's try this thing. Let's try this again. Let's try, the, you know, the crow again. And so they just went all the way back to the fucking it's, 90s. It's also dude. really important to note that I, I could definitely see Batman, Bruce Wayne, Detective Batman, you know, mm-hmm. how he's, gonna, he's solving mysteries. 
So he goes out and then he comes home and he chronicles everything that happened to him, right? Like he he takes notes. Yes. Absolutely. But everything. Here's a journal. Let me keep a record of what happened this evening. So if ever I need to refer back to something, I got it. Um, which is not what this Batman is doing. Because no. this Batman has contact lenses that record everything he sees, so he doesn't need to make <laughs> he notes. Doesn't he doesn't need, need to write stuff he down. Doesn't need it. That's it's already in fact recorded. And and he's got this advanced computer system that I bet he can just say like uh McDonald's, and then anytime he's seen a McDonald's in the last uh, you know, two years, that, that it would come up on screen and he could, you know, narrow it down. He's got the technology. No, these are just his thoughts and reflections. This is just his thoughts, dude. This is his thoughts. And this just, is just a diary. For a man who seems like he's really not in tune with his own emotions he seems like he's really <laughs> repressed those things he sure does have a lot to say he has a whole lot of them to say dude and uh and just for the record like uh apple updated their video editor final cut pro and that's the stuff that i that's what i use to like edit all of the monster of the week videos and still his kingdom kings videos and um i it just ensured it just gave me that feature it has like an ai now so i tested yeah. it out and i was like so i opened up the project for like winchester Payne or one of those that we, we had done and i just was like okay like analyze these clips and it was like who's this and i was like that's sam <laughs> so now i can just search sam and get all my sam clips from that project yeah. if i wanted to so like if if jeremy greer <laughs> in louisiana has that like batman in gotham city is, is way has to be way beyond he has I, to he has to i absolutely um, I, I love that i love i love the movie like i think it was great yeah. and yeah, yeah yeah i think i loved it because uh, he was such a sad boy and because he was kind of a fuck up about being a Batman. And it, it's, I just... it's interesting that the word like edgelord didn't come to mind because yeah. there's so many, there's so many like edgy teen, uh, dark, you know, eye makeup kind of characters that definitely get made fun of a lot. And this should, this should be that, but there's something about it. I'm like, no, he's just a freaky guy. I can't. It's something, it's something that's, it's just, it's just right on the edge of being edgelordy. I think like it could yeah, just, yeah, it could yeah. be, it could have been so much worse. And I think if it wasn't like executed as well as it was, as it has been, like mm -hmm. if the shots weren't as good, if the performances weren't great. Cause like, I don't know what direction they gave Robert Pattinson, but I can't imagine that they told him to do anything other than what he is doing on the screen. So like, this is what they wanted, yeah. right? Like same with, I think with, he was uh, treating the character. I watched some interviews a while ago, but I think he was treating the character like, a guy who who like genuinely thinks he's a bat <laughs> like a guy who like has definitely lost touch with reality the way yes. that he always described it or he did in this interview whatever it was was like really funny like he was making fun of bruce wayne <laughs> but <laughs> he's like yeah this dude thinks he's a bat like this dude like he, he but then i remember he he in that interview or maybe a different one i don't remember um he talked about how putting on the suit like does totally like change the way that you feel as an actor and how it like affects everybody on set. Um, Cause suddenly everybody's like, Whoa, that's fucking Batman. Um, <laughs> and then tangentially to that, I saw this thing with, I think Tom Hardy played Bane, right? Yes. And Tom Hardy, I know he's like a real like masculine, like tough guy type type of character. Um, and he, he talked about how he went in to go meet Christian Bale when they were doing dark Knight returns or whatever it's called. Dark Knight rises. Um, and he he kind of went in there to like uh you know to strut a little bit to kind of like you know uh go cheek to cheek against christian Bale, like introduce himself and be nice but also kind of like assert his dominance he's like i'm the villain of this movie i'm the big tough badass yeah, yeah, yeah. and he goes in and he talks to christian bale who's like sitting there like getting his hair done or whatever and he's like oh hello he's super nice and like whatever and tom hardy said he looked at at christian bale's biceps and he's like yeah this isn't gonna be a problem i got this guy i'm gonna intimidate him it's gonna really work for the characters it's gonna be his whole thing and then he said christian bale then you know when they finally go to shoot christian bale walks out on set in the batman 
suit and he was like i've never been so intimidated in my life <laughs> like you see somebody in that suit and it just like fucks your whole day up <laughs> man i i can't imagine being a person that walks up and being like oh that dude's biceps are weak i'm going to intimidate them <laughs> like i've never i don't know like unless you're wearing a muscle shirt and you're like have vaselines your arms i'm not noticing anybody's biceps like i'm just no. it's not gonna happen like it's 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 so extremely rare unless somebody is showing off their steps you know what i'm I saying i knew a guy i knew a guy who like who was in pretty good shape but he uh -huh. like only only exercised his fucking biceps so he had these massive bowling balls on his arms but then like nothing else and it looked weird as hell yeah, and that that's i noticed that guy's biceps because it was just like super super muscly and then everything else was just like normal i was like it's all right bro, normal let's, let's maybe switch it up a little bit look <laughs> <laughs> it's what we have leg day for and back day and yeah. shoulder day man you yeah. gotta you gotta get them all oh man uh, i started I, I told you i've been working out um, and I've I've not been as aggressive with it as I was at the beginning. I need to get like kind of hardcore back into it because I've plateaued a little bit. Um, but one thing that's happened is like doing these random exercises. Like I can feel my tricep now. I don't even know there mm -hmm. fucking was a tricep mm -hmm. until the chick on the yeah. screen was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna really work out your triceps." And I'm like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, it will." Fuck thank yeah, you, will. thank you, Belinda. Thank you for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just get ripped in places you didn't know you could get ripped, and that's your true. body feels strong in ways you didn't know it could feel strong it's yeah. very interesting it's 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 wild you just feel better and then you uh immediately get lazy and think that you can't do anything because <laughs> yeah. that's exactly been, what everything i've been doing has been stress related like stress eating which is not helpful um but i've been stress running and i have like significantly increased like the, the amount that i can run or like you know the distance i can run and the speed at which i can run it which i'm like all right that's either really good or like really bad i don't know but i'm glad that it's that it's doing something i dude I, you are under so much stress right now and i, I don't i don't know what to, i just wish i could take it all away from you it seems like it's a I lot just, you know i just want to feel like a normal guy you know last week i knew i knew there was stress bubbling i knew it was coming because i knew i had all the stuff i had to deal with um Last week, though, I was so summery and cheerful that I pulled, I printed out an old manuscript, and I was like, "I'm gonna edit this. I'm gonna finally do it." I was feeling motivated. I, I bought red pens so that I could write on it. I got through like ten pages of it, uh, and then the stress came in, and now I have just been um, doing nothing. I haven't even played. I haven't even gamed, bro. Haven't Not even gaming? gaming, bro. Haven't even been gaming. That's where the stress is at. I have. Uh, I have put a lot of hours into Elden Ring. <laughs> what do you what do you what's the clock up to now? 300? Um uh it's I think it's over 2 on like my first character. Um yeah. and I I did like I and I, and I and I found new stuff so I need to go back to that character and go get the stuff that I I've <laughs> forgotten. Um and then I did I'm probably like 15 hours into like a level one thing, but I'm holding off on that until uh, me and Patty can get together to do online recording stuff, uh, which is going to be a good time. Um, and on my second playthrough, which I was like, which you helped me like give me, like I, I was handing some weapons off, right? Like you, I was giving you weapons mm. and then summoning you as my new character so I could have super in-game gear at the very beginning of the game. Twinking is what that process is called. That is what that is called, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and... <laughs> uh number one that that fucking just completely breaks co-op like they will not let you have uh good times in co-op if you have an in-game yeah. level weapon so that's a bummer uh but i really thought that i was going to like do mainline stuff only like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna play the game i'm just gonna, mm -hmm. I'm, gonna I'm not gonna like i'm not gonna scrape it for content like it because when the first when i first played it i was like oh i have to play 
fucking everything. Like I have to see everything that I possibly can. Um, and instead I just spent doing that again. So I, yeah, I started doing that again too. Cause it's once I ran into, I mean, we talked about it last week, but once I ran into an, like a new NPC event, I was like, well, shit. Now I got to do everything. Now I got to keep my eyes peeled for other stuff. I uh, I befriended uh, Crab Man, Crawfish Man, which is which Craw- is very very man. very special to me. Um, he sells he sells crab meat, and the the item description sells says uh, this is this is actually crawfish, and I'm like, word, okay, that's better. <laughs> All right. And cool. then when you get a little further in his quest, he starts selling a different kind of crab meat, and the item description says this is actually crab meat this time, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool, okay, all right. Uh, didn't care, uh, but yeah, I bought a bunch of crawfish from him. Um, Good. Yeah, there's some really cool quest lines. I didn't realize Raya would just take you to the volcano manor. That was dope. Uh, I just, I just, she just took me there. No, no, no problem. I don't even know about that. I don't yeah. even know about that. Um, I I got a necklace back from her for, her, and she was like, "Yo, we're 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 friends now." And I was like, "Okay." Wow. And then I met her in um. Shit, I can't remember the next place that I met her. Um, it must be Atlas Plateau. But I I just kind of ran into her, and she was like, "Hey." do you want to go on a trip? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then she just brought me to Volcano Manor. <laughs> I was like, oh, Damn. cool. Damn. Okay. Like I hadn't even, I don't even think I'd hit Atlas Plateau yet. So maybe it was before that. Huh. Well, what do you know? Yeah. yeah. I've, was... I've, um, so I haven't been gaming, but I have been reading. We talked about Stephen King a while ago. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. I read Mr. Mercedes oh, since ooh, then. Nice. Um, and I'm. It's good, right? Yeah. 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 It's, um, I can see. He, the like he's playing with the tropes of mm-hmm. like classic detective novels, but also trying to do his Stephen King. I mean, I'm definitely going to read the other books in the series. So I have not um, read so any yeah. of, any of the other books. Um, um, he's got some new thing coming out that's maybe vaguely related to it too. So I can't remember. This yeah. he's, he writes 900 books a year. I don't know. Um, and then I, I I'm now 200 pages into uh, Dreamcatcher. Ooh. I which I hadn't one. read, but then you mentioned something about. It. I saw the movie years and years and years ago. I don't remember really much about it, but I was like, "Yeah, this is the Alien book. I'm gonna, I want to read the Alien book." Um, I feel like I'm losing steam a little bit, 200 pages in, um, just because you know coming th- off of consecutive Kings and then going into Dreamcatcher, and I'm like, "There's definitely some bloat here, big time." But um, I'm gonna keep pushing through. Is that a 800 page book? Maybe something like that, yeah. seven, eight hundred, something like that. Um, a lot. Dude. It's a big one, and I haven't read, sat down and read a. a big book from start to finish in many years i always if it's a really big book a lot of times i'll end up doing the audiobook or i crap out halfway through and i read something else because i re- i've been reading a lot of short books um so now i was like i need to i need to push myself to push my my levels of concentration and, and actually get through this um but we will see we'll see how that goes <laughs> I, I i wish the best for you i'm still on uh berserk I, uh, mm. I don't think that I took you. You're watching anime. You're reading manga. I know we're, we're, who and, are you? Yeah. And you're not gaming and stressed out. It's like, we have changed. <laughs> we have, yeah. we, <laughs> we have exchanged our personalities. Uh, Oh, I did start a visual novel. That's like half, halfway between that's like reading a game. and yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's kind of, it's kind of a thing. It's a uh, root film, semi sequel, not really a sequel, spiritual successor to root letter, which was the game that I really liked a couple years ago. Um, not comfortable. This doesn't the seem word, like there's a ton of options in this one. I just kind of like go, I'm going through the story, and I'm like, you know what? That's fucking that's fine. Just take me, just take me away. It's good though. The art's good. Yeah, it's um, I don't. It, it's a more anime style than than Root Letter, which is obviously it's a you know 
anime game, I guess, but it had a more realistic style. And there was even a, there's a mode of it that uses live action actors for the scenes. Um, and this one is just like way more like cartoony. Um, Wait, you're playing Root Letter or you're playing? Root Film, the sequel. Um, and yeah, that's more, that's more of an anime vibe and it's not as sad, which is you know, not as good to me. You know, I want to be sort of depressed when I play a visual novel. Sure. Yeah. Um, too many of these games, they just want to, they want to take time. Like we're going to hang out with the characters and everybody's going to be cheerful. And then if something violent and awful will happen, but I don't want any of the cheerful stuff. I just want to feel like a dull, somber ache <laughs> as I go through it all. And then I want to be disappointed in the ending because that's what visual novels do. But, um, I had this moment with yeah. music the other day because it was a really gorgeous day outside, and I was like, "I'm gonna go get in the car. I gotta go. I gotta go grocery shopping. So, like, on the way to the grocery store, store, I'm gonna like listen to some upbeat, like, cool music. Windows down, you know, 55 miles an hour, living in in the United States of America. I'm having fun. Uh, and then I open up Spotify, and I don't know why. I was like, man, I haven't listened to that Idea album in quite some time, and I forgot that. It was the last album he did before he died, and it was it's just full of angst. It's just it's just really, really full of mm-hmm. angst. And I still like I was vibing with it, but I was like, Jeremy, you, you you were like gonna listen to happy music, but I was so now I'm like windows down, like you know, worried that this rapper is going to uh, hurt himself. Windows down, tears in my eyes. Tears in my eyes, dude. It was it was weird, but yeah, like there, there's vibing definitely. Away. I'm I'm glad that you are are playing at least a half game, which is what you would call a visual novel. A half game. It's a half when step. when now. does a conviction arc end? I have been in conviction arc and berserk. Conviction for... arc is is pretty long. I Jesus. think. Jesus. Um, that's what the big priest dude, right? Yeah, it's with the big priest guy. Uh, I think the demons have got Casca currently, and uh-huh. they're what and else is new? Guts. Yeah, seriously. Guts is is trying to get her back. Uh, also, what else is new? Um, yeah. I think the entirety of the 2016 anime uh, is the conviction arc. That doesn't really help you very much, though. No, <laughs> not really. I'm on volume. I think I bought volume 20 last night uh, before I went to bed. Um, let, me, let me go look. Let me go look. I'll tell you in one second. So I think it's it's got to be it's got to be soon. Like there can't be more of this than than what I've read. It's so long. Okay, grab a couple of the little volumes. This is really great podcasting stuff. Oh, I just assumed you were doing a Google search, but no, you have you have reached over to your manga, your physical okay, copy of this. I can tell you, I Perfect. opened up volume 24. I opened up volume 24. I can tell you that the conviction arc is over. That's all I need to know. There's an end in sight is what I was looking for. So, And yeah. I, it's likely sooner than that. Yes. But, ooh, ooh, you got some shit coming up, brother. <laughs> See, now I'm excited again. I have been, I have been, I think it's just because I've been reading it for so long. Um, I just, it's been not a drag because it's still really fucking good. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I am very much enjoying it. Uh, I just, after a while you're like, oh, more, more gut stuff. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's I usually, it. I break it up. Uh, I, I need to I break it up. I, just, I, I usually don't, I usually don't binge any series. Yeah. Um, I'll read like a couple volumes of something, switch to something else, go back and forth, blah, blah, blah. That was just born out of having to wait constantly. Um, the only one that I have read consistently in like middle school, I guess, would be Bleach, which I've talked about before. But mm-hmm. I had to wait. I think it was a month or two between new releases, and then I was like, I guess I, I guess I should just find other stuff to read in the meantime. <laughs> Pickens <laughs> were a bit slimmer back then, but yeah. Um, and that I just never like stopped doing that. I guess. Uh, you shouldn't. It's good. Mm. That's the way you should read manga. Merlin. Merlin. Let's talk about Merlin. Let's do it. 
you're gonna have to help me through the first chunk of this episode because like a lunatic i took handwritten notes now i'm looking what? at this notebook I'm why like, did you do that i don't know what you i don't wrote. know i thought you know maybe i can kind of like write without having to look at the screen and or what have having to look down or anything like that i just i don't know it was a bad idea and it hurt my hands too because i'm mm-hmm. not used to writing that much so i gave up after i filled one page and i was like okay switch to my phone i um friend of the show uh katie who does the um making it up as we go along podcast uh and another friend of the show mary started a uh podcast called uh the gentleman's library i should remember it because i think i helped them name it uh but it's about the our flag means means death show mm, and uh mm. she messaged me the other day and she's like taking notes about a show that you're watching and have them be anything like understandable after the fact is impossible. I don't know how you're doing yeah. this. And I'm like, I, yeah. I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> like I just, I've, I've got it. I've been doing it for so long now. I'm just, I just, I watch this, I watch the TV and I type stuff. Of course I'm using a laptop and you're using your phone. I think that might be a big, a little bit of a difference. Cause whenever I can use my laptop, I do, mm-hmm. but um, during the work day, I can't like, you know, yeah. <laughs> can't tab out. You can't know tab I mean? out. Yeah. Um, all right, let's let's but, talk uh, about yeah, Merlin. It's, it's quite it's quite something. Thank you.